What's up, beautiful people? This is Charlotte Stevens and the ancestors. Wanted to give thanks for my life because a sister has been here seven months stable, going on eight months stable, which is miraculous because I was so freaking depressed in December and really committed to ending my life. So giving thanks that I'm still here. I'm still here. Not only am I still here, but still creating wonderful changes. I just want to give myself props and and let let me be a model for giving yourself props y'all stop and just you know notice how dope you are i'm just grateful as hell that i created a program to help black women when i was in the pits of hell right so i was in the pits of hell myself in december really contemplating ending my life and from the pits of hell after after dragging myself out of the pits of hell i created a program um, a coaching program to help other black women avoid being in that state, right? Because once once depression gets a hold of me, it is so difficult to fight that shit. And so I'm very adamant about not letting it get a hold of me. But for a lot of black women, we don't have the time, the, the mental capacity, the time in our schedule to even contemplate, how am I doing? We often don't even ask ourselves, how, how am I doing? What do I need in this moment? What would make me feel my best right we often don't even there's no space for that it's very much when you're a black woman about everybody else's needs how can you serve them and then feeling really guilty or being shamed um, anytime that you prioritize yourself and we're very much conditioned to be the martyr not just from white supremacy but also from the patriarch you know it's always the mother sacrificing everything in the family and the woman in general sacrificing everything and so the black woman is the is the most sacrificial woman out there and unfortunately we can all also do it to ourselves where when whereas when we have time to take good care of ourselves or to invest in ourselves we don't we let that fear stop us we let the voices of of society and and people in our in our lives stop us rather than unapologetically investing in ourselves and i can say that my self-care journey has been rough let's let's keep it 100 it has not been easy right so for most of my life because I, I i live with bipolar depression if you're unfamiliar with what that is it's it's mostly depression okay like there's still bipolar aspects but um when it comes to the highs and the lows it's like the, the, it's, uh, the ratio for bipolar 2 is 40 to 1 um Actually, I didn't do that right. It's 40 to 1 as far as the lows to the highs. So you're 40 times more likely to be depressed than you are um, likely to experience any type of um, hypomania, which is mild mania. And for a lot of us who have bipolar 2, the hypomania manifests as rage or agitation or irritation. It's not bliss. I wish it was bliss, <laughs> but it's not. A lot of times it's, it's irritation, it's agitation, it's impatience. It's like, hurry the fuck up. Like, why isn't everything moving so slow? Like just that restless feeling that can be very, very terrible. Actually, it can be, it can be pretty terrible. So anyway, all that to say is that I spent most of my life undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, right? Where people thought, oh, you have depression. But bipolar depression is different in that it doesn't respond to depression medication, right? So that can, that, that's what a lot of people who have my condition experience. They get told they have depression. They get medication for depression. And then, they, um, and then what that does is that, that, that um, sets off the hypomania. That sets off the, for me, like the rage, the agitation. Um, but it can manifest in different ways. So on my self-care journey... I have had to 
be unapologetic about what I need. And yes, there are people who get mad about that, right? There are friends who didn't understand when I said, you know, I can't. For example, I had a friend where it's like, I couldn't attend her wedding. She really wanted me there. I couldn't attend her wedding. I couldn't attend her wedding because my ex-fiance was going to be at her wedding. And I couldn't watch her marry her her husband while looking at my ex-fiance thinking about how we aren't getting married, right? And I knew that that was going to be detrimental to my mental health. I knew that. Um, she didn't understand, right? She didn't understand. She didn't, she didn't get it, right? But I, I didn't want to... My thing is, I'm not going to prove to you right the level of my depression by going to your wedding and then you know killing myself the next day like i'm just going to tell you that i'm not coming and whatever happens happens so i'm sharing this story to illustrate that that's what self-care looks like sometimes self-care looks like i'm going to prioritize what i need over your obligate over any obligatory feeling i have towards you or any expectation that you have of me first and foremost i need to be well I need to be well. And you don't have to justify that or prove that to anybody. Nobody has to get proof of how bad things are for you, right? So for me, I, I spent a lot of time in denial about my condition. I mean, I, I was misdiagnosed. Then by the time I was diagnosed, I didn't believe it. Um, and then there just wasn't that much information, not a lot of help for black women. So I spent a lot of time in denial about my condition. And... Um, and I encourage us not to do that. I encourage us not to do that. I encourage black women to choose themselves to not. Um, I mean, part of the reason I denied it is because I was not prepared to accept what it would take for me to be well. So what do I mean by that? I am just now this year, this year, 43 years old, getting a grip on how I can be well and how I can live with bipolar disorder. I think I spent most of my life wanting this to just go away. I didn't, I didn't know it was bipolar disorder. I thought it was depression. And so I, I was hoping it would just go away. And the thing with being, um, with having bipolar too, is that it does, right? When, when the hypomania shows up, when my, when my energy starts to elevate, right? When I start to go from the depression to, to rising up to um, potentially hypomania, I feel like I'm getting better. So all throughout my life, uh, when I was in these bipolar cycles, I'm thinking I'm improving. Oh, depression's behind me. I got all this energy now. I got all these goals. Let's go. I'm ambitious. I'm excited. I'm motivated. Let's do all the things. And that's, that's what mania does is mania will have you doing all the things. And then you crash and burn because you can't do all the things. But I would get in these states of just, you know, just, just elevated energy. Um, where I'm feeling like there's something I can't do, right? That's part of what hypomania does too, is it gives you this inflated sense of confidence. And I'm already an Aries, so I already have an inflated sense of confidence. So you can only imagine how confident I feel on a regular basis when I'm feeling really good, right? Pretty damn confident. Um, but yeah, I can give you this inflated sense of confidence where you think you can do all the things and then the crash and burn comes. So this is the first year where I, I spent last year accepting I have bipolar disorder, right? That's what last year was. I read almost every book, um, autobiography, biography, you know, medical book on, on bipolar that I could, I could get my hands on. I probably read 20 books last year, something to that extent. Trying to understand my condition, I had to read other people's stories of, I had to read about people basically fucking up their lives, right? I had to see that and face that, that if I don't get a grip on this shit, 
that's going to be my reality. And I've been fortunate enough that I haven't really fucked up my life. I've, 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 I've made some mistakes, right? I've done some things here and there, uh, definitely related to my mental health. But by, by some miracle, I've never been arrested, never done any jail time. A lot of people bipolar have done jail time um, because the, the mental states it puts you in, it just it will have you doing reckless shit. And um, so by the grace of God, I have not seen the insides of a jail. I have not seen the insides of a, of a mental institution. However, I could have been in both. Okay, I've done things that could have gotten me in jail. I have definitely done things that could have put me in a mental institution. Um, I've just avoided both of those primarily because of God's grace and my angels got my back, but also because those are places of white supremacy where I'm really not trying to be, right? If you want to see me fucking be in a bad place mental of mental health, right? Put me in some type of institution that's a wrap. So I spent last year coming to terms with, I have this condition and it's going to require a lot more energy and effort from me than I previously been giving it. I bet, I bet I was much more casual about accepting and treating my condition. And this year, I'm, I'm very intentional, right? I'm very intentional about my wellness. Um, I don't remember the last time I went seven months um, without having a suicidal episode, right? I almost consistently, there's a low level suicidality that kind of is in the back of my mind. Like at any point, you know, life ain't working out. I'm like, ah, I could just always just kill myself, right? And, and, I, and I come to realize that's not how everybody thinks, right? I know people go through periods where they're, they're suicidal, but it's not kind of just always an option, right? And, and in my life, it's always been an option. Like it's always been a decision. Like maybe I'll live, maybe I won't, you know, like maybe I'll be here, maybe I won't. Like, and this is the first year where that's been severely reduced. I'd say most days I want to live. Most days I choose to be here. And I would say that most of my life, I was here by default, right? I, I woke up again, so I guess I'm here. But it was not an, I'm not, I want to be here, right? It's, it's, it's a different vibe. So first time I've been stable and I've been reflecting on, you know, well, how did I get here? What does it take? It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And what's interesting is that because I've been stable for seven months, what tends to happen is this. I forget. I forget that I'm, I'm living with a life-threatening chronic mental health condition that needs constant maintenance. It's just like people who are on their medication, right? And, and the medication starts to improve things for them. So then they stop taking their medication. So I've been well for the last, for all of 2022 after I was the most fucking depressed and suicidal I've ever been, right? Because as far as I can understand, bipolar gets worse as you get older. So my depressions before were pretty terrible. But I mean, I've never been as close to ending my life as I was, you know, at two, at two, points, um, two points in time last year. It was August last year and December last year when I was really just like, I'm done. Like I was, I was telling friends I was going to give things away. Like I was, I was doing all the preparations that people do when it's like, it's a wrap. Like that's where I was. So to go from that to being stable for seven freaking months, going on eight months is in my mind, miraculous. I've, I don't, like I said, I don't remember last time I've ever been stable this long. Typically I cycle at least four times a year. Um, and the depressions are always worse. Um, as it gets colder and darker, I'm very super sensitive to the seasons, like holy shit. And I live in California, 
it is only really cold as fuck during one month, right? It's December where it's just, it, it's, it's, it's cold as hell. I can't get warm. It doesn't matter how many layers of sweats I wear, right? I'm freezing my ass off. It's gloomy outside and I can't do my walking, right? I can't do the things that help me, that help sustain me, right? The basic things that help sustain me. Like right now I'm walking, I'm in my neighborhood. I'm walking past all this grass and these trees that have these beautiful uh, lavender blooms on them and these bright fuchsia flowers and all this greenery. Like it's really sustains my spirit like the the sun on my skin like i just i feel i feel good i'm solar powered and when that's not available it really messes me up and it can be it could just be cloudy in the morning and i have to and i have to to shift my mood like i can feel my mood going down off of the couple hours of cloudiness in the morning i might have to go op- break over my light right i have a um I have one of those lights that people use who are affected by the seasons. Um, when you can't get the sun, right? You stand, you sit in front of this light to help you regulate your energy. So I might have to go sit in front of that light on a cloudy day. But in general, maintaining my wellness is a full-time job. And one of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur and only work 20 hours a week or 25 hours a week is because maintaining my wellness is a full-time job. And for a lot of black women, your job takes up so much of your time and is also worsening your your mental and physical health that you are just making yourself worse. You don't have the time to commit to being well. And so that that was my state, right? When as an employee, when I was working somebody's 40 plus hours a week, there was no time for me to be well. In fact, that that job and that low pay and the stress made my condition worse. Okay, the stress and the anxiety of the job, the depression about I'm working this this hard and still don't have enough money, worrying about losing the job, who's talking about me, which one of these Nazis is going to come for me, like all of that did nothing for my mental health. Okay, did nothing to help me sleep at night, did nothing to help me feel better. And that's the condition, that's the state for a lot of black women. It's like your, your lifestyle is not conducive to you being well. Most black women I know, unfortunately, are overweight. And... I'm not mad about being overweight. It's just that what does that symbolize? What it symbolizes, because most of them wouldn't choose to be overweight. It's, it's a result of their lifestyle. It's a, redu- a result of, you know, eating to fill the void. It's a result of being very sedentary uh, because maybe that's what your job demands, right? When I was an Uber driver sitting on my ass all day, I put on weight too, right? And, and, but I, didn't, I, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I have to get this extra money, but... It was not helping me. So most black women I know, overweight. Most black women I know have some type of health problem, right? So reproductive issue, health problems, heart problems, um, some type of cancer, some type of diabetes, right? It's, it's ongoing, mental health problems, right? Anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar. Um, a lot of this is preventable. And I know that we're so conditioned to believe that this is just, this is just how it is, that we don't believe it's preventable. We don't believe that it can be prevented because my mama had these issues. My auntie had these issues. My grandma had these issues. Every black woman I know has these issues. It does not have to be this way. Who's going to break the cycle? Who's going to say this is unacceptable? If I had stayed an employee, if I had kept working as a full-time teacher up in these Nazi-ass schools, making no type of money and having to Uber drive on the side, I would have killed myself one way or another, whether it's slowly through, you know, the poor health or what would likely happened is I would have fallen into another suicidal depression. And that would have been it for me because I wouldn't have realized that a couple lifestyle changes for the better, 
for the fucking better would really make a difference for me. So what does it take? What does this year look like? What's the difference? So last year I did go for nature walks every day, but the duration varied. This year on average, I averaged 7,500 steps a day, sometimes more. Yesterday was like 12,000. Um, so I get 7,500 steps a day. And that's, I don't, that's not even necessarily exercise, right? Like it is exercise, but like um, it's really just my mental health. Um, in addition to that, for the last like 45 days, I've been swimming every day. And the swimming is not even necessarily about exercise either. It's, it's fun. It's, it's something I enjoy, right? So, um, so I walk. I try to walk in the mornings, um, maybe a half an hour. And then I try to get another walk in. So, and then I go swimming for, it can vary between 15 minutes and an hour and a half. I mean, but probably on average, um, half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, primarily because it's just fucking, I, I enjoy it, right? It's not like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to do this. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying to stay sane, right? So I'll go swimming. Um, I mean, the first thing I do is I get up, I drink water, I take my meds. Um, I'm not taking the fucking doctor's meds. I have my own meds, but I take my meds every day. I take, I drink my water. Um, I meditate. I really alleviate my habitual anxiety. So I, which typically when I wake up, I have anxiety. Like it's just part of being me. So I wake up, I, I can feel anxious and I have to spend time shifting my energy, reminding myself how blessed I am, reminding myself how abundant I am, reminding myself of everything that's going well in my life, reminding myself the angels are always on my side. Like I have to actively spend time realigning myself to the truth of all is well. So that's a meditation. Today I did some breath work. So I signed up for a free breath work class. Um, that was great to getting me as far as getting me centered. Um, I have to eat well. I cannot eat garbage. I went out to tea, this tea spot on Sunday and they had a fixed menu. And I went with my kids and my mom and it was lovely. But everything on the menu was carbs and cheese and bread. And I cannot eat that shit. I can't. Like back when I was unhealthy employee, right? I would eat that shit. Oh, this is delicious. It was good. But I was just like, I can't. It's not balanced. I can't. I can't eat white flour and freaking fatty ass cheese like no where's my salad where's my fruit like i'll eat a little bit of that shit right but i'm not i don't want a whole meal of it right so i have to eat well i can't eat fast food i can't eat bullshit it will negatively impact my physiology it will negatively impact my mental health i mean there's there's mental health diets there's foods that you can eat that will help you so for example almonds Almonds are really good for you as far as mental health. Um, bananas, avocados, fish, and of course all the leafy greens, berries, right? There's certain things that you can that you can eat that will help you be well. And so I incorporate those things into my diet every day, right? Like um, I can't eat bullshit. I can't. So part of that means I gotta get, get to the grocery store. Um, either I have to have either prepare the food myself or somebody else has to prepare the food, right? It, it requires time. I can't do the whole fast food thing I used to do as a teacher or often not eating at all. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to eat in a rush, right? I want to sit down. I want to enjoy my meal. I, it's really important for me to do things one at a time and to have what, what I call a slow life. I hate 
anything that's anxiety producing. I have my own, right? My brain is already anxiety producing. I don't need your help producing any anxiety. So I'm, I'm, I don't do things like rush around, right? Like I don't, I hate, I don't like traveling, especially for work where it's like, they want you to get to some location you've never been to, right? Make sure you're there on time. Make sure you have everything you need. And it's like, I can't even mentally prepare for that. So I've never been there. Right. And I, so I hate the idea of people are expecting something of me and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm in the right location and am I lost and all that anxiety I resist and I resist by, I don't put myself in those situations. I don't like back-to-back phone calls, right? Let's say I have somebody who wants to inquire about my services. I'll spend time with them on the phone. And then after that, I'm gonna go take a walk. I'm gonna go swimming. I'm gonna go dance. I'm gonna go do something. And then I might do something else and some other related work activity an hour later, right? I don't do back-to-back work. You will not find me working on something for hours at a time, typically, because that will give me anxiety. At some point, I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to get stressed out. And I'm going to be unaligned with the truth of the matter, which is whether I get this thing done or not, success is mine, right? Like, like it's all, I'm already blessed. It doesn't matter. But I can get into that space of, oh, my God, if I don't get this done, you know, everything's going to fall apart. It's not. So, yeah, so I make sure that I have... Um, I'm a time to eat well. I make sure that whatever music I'm listening to or shows I'm watching are uplifting. I make time to talk to my friends. So that's something that's important as far as, as, far as my mental health, right? I check in with my community um, and receive that love and admiration from them. I do forgiveness work. I try to do that daily. It doesn't always happen, but I try to do that daily where I, I spend time forgiving whoever I'm mad at, including myself, because I'm frequently mad at me. I do... Um, joy alarm where I celebrate my wins and I notice everything that's going well for me. I write down all the things I'm grateful for uh, throughout the day, all the ways that the universe is blessing me because I can get into a space again of anxiety and, and freaking out about things and getting out of touch with the fact that I spend most of my life in abundance. I spend most of my life in, e- at, in ease. Most of my life is butter and I need to pay attention to the ways that I'm blessed so that I don't get into a place of catastrophizing. Everything's going to hell, right? So can't alter i can't deviate on these things oh and the other thing is like i have to i also have to keep my space tidy right so i gotta clean up around the house i don't like chaos i don't like mess it just it it doesn't help my mental state right so we got to keep the house tidy um that requires energy and effort granted i could hire a maid but i don't really like people in my house to be honest um and then i gotta go to bed on time right so i can't be up all night right i can't be binge watching x y and z i gotta be in bed by 11 12 because i gotta be up by 7.30, 8.30, and that's my own schedule. I have to get average seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. And then I like to have a full three hours to myself before I have to engage with any clients. So I don't start my client work till 11 a.m. If I'm up at 7.30, that's three and a half hours to myself. And by the time I get to my clients, I'm in a great state. I'm ready to serve because I poured into me. I shifted all my funky energy. I did what I needed to do. So all that to say is that that's a lot, y'all. It's a lot, right? Like I have to plan my swimming every day um, around, you know, when the swim club is open. I have to be thoughtful about my walks, right? Um, Because sometimes it's too hot um, to go for a walk, right? Good time to go swimming, but not a great time to go for a walk. Uh, The swim club that I go to is right down the street from my house. It's a private swim club affiliated with the neighborhood, which means I got to either stay local or I have to hit the pool before I head out anywhere else, right? So all that to say like it's a lot so if if people ask me hey you want to go if you want to go do this or you do you want to be part of this or whatever i'm considering 
can I get my, my 10,000 steps in? Can I get my nature walk in? Can I get my swim in? Can I, will I be able to eat healthy foods? Will this affect my sleep in any way? Will I be able to stop and you know, do my forgiveness work? Will I be able to write in my, my gratitude journal? Like It's a lot for me to maintain my state of equilibrium. And what I think happens is that in society is that I look fine. I guess most of the time. <laughs> I look fine. And so people can forget what it takes for me to be well. And they, so for example, I had somebody who asked me something hella last minute on a Friday. They're like, can you make this event uh, 10 o'clock Saturday, 10, 10 a.m. Saturday, right? Less than 12 hours away. I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I said last minute plans are bad for my mental health. And anything before 11 is bad for my mental health, right? I don't make any plans, any commitments to anybody before 11 because that's my time. I'm not prepared to engage with the world at 10 o'clock. I'm not. And you're going to, and that means I have to, what, get up at, I mean, that, that, that requires a lot as far as what it would take for me to be there on time and all of that. So I had to fight back this like small, small nagging voice that was like, you know, this person needs you. Just do it. You're available. And I was like, no, I'm not available. I'm not available. When you block out time for yourself, that is not time that's available for other people to impede on. That is a time that you blocked out for yourself. So for me, I'm not available before 11. I'll make a few exceptions for that, uh, for that time frame, But in general, I'm not available before 11 because it's not good for me. And so I hope that black women will become more unapologetic about doing what's best for them. And sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll intuitively know even without the information. So what do I mean by that? Bipolar um, disorder is worsened when you don't get quality sleep, right? So if you're tired, that's all it takes to sometimes that send you into a downward spiral of suicidal depression. Now, I didn't know that explicitly, right? I didn't even know I had bipolar disorder, let alone, you know, what triggers it. But throughout my life, one of my worst fears was being tired. That was one of my worst fears. I would have a lot of anxiety about the potential of facing the next day tired. And it's because I knew how much sleep deprivation negatively impacts my sense of well-being. You can give me the exact same day, right? Same day, same stressors. And one day I, I got, you know, very poor sleep. And another day I got great sleep. And it's not that the stress is any different. Same amount of stress. But I could be suicidal on the day I didn't get good sleep and totally like it's fine, right? Totally resilient and maintaining on the day that I did. So I knew how important sleep was for me even before I explicitly knew that I was bipolar and that sleep is like crucial for us. So trust your intuition, right? You may not know exactly what's going on with you, exactly what, what's going on with your mental health, what your diagnosis is, but you may have received some information as to what helps you to thrive and what doesn't, right? So for me, it was like, I, I didn't, it wasn't clear to me how important exercise was for me. It wasn't clear to me how important nature walks were for me. It wasn't clear for me how important nutrition was for me, but I was clear about how important sleep was for me. So check in with yourself. And the other thing I like to share is that 
I could not be healthy until I gave myself permission to live this life. I couldn't be healthy until I gave myself permission to live this life. My kids just went back to school. I had them all over the summer and I decided, yo, I need a week off. I need a week off. It was going to start off as just Sunday, Sunday and Monday. But then I was just like, Tuesday came around. And I was like, nope, don't, don't really want to work. Wednesday's here. Nope, not really. Right. I'm, I'm taking it really, really easy. And I'm so grateful that I can do that. I didn't have to check in with any job and be like, oh, I'm going to take a week off. I didn't have to, to do any of that. I was just like, this is what I need. And so I gave that to myself. And I'm so grateful that I live this life as an entrepreneur. It's like, I can't say it enough that my life, a bad day as an entrepreneur is still better than my best day as an employee. And even if all I did was match my salary as an employee, which of course I'm going to surpass that um, because it's so easy to do when you're an entrepreneur. But even if all I did was match my salary, right? Just make the same amount I was making when I was teaching. It's still wonderful because the biggest payoff is time. I can't say it enough. It's not money, y'all. It's not money. It's time, time to time, time, time to time. I get so much time with my kids. It's unbelievable. I always tell my kids like nobody gets as much time with their parents. No one gets as much time with their parents because my, my um, ex-husband also works from home a lot. So we also get to spend a lot of time with them. My kids are so fortunate. They're very close to their mom and their dad. We spend a lot of time together, right? Because I'm at home. And not only am I at home, but when I'm at home, I'm present, right? There's definitely times where I'm working at home, but it's not long. It's not, it's not like my kids have to go hours and hours and hours without engaging with me. Um, and, and mom's totally stressed out and, and, and mentally somewhere else. They might go a couple hours without engaging with me. Um, but even then, I'm in the next room, you know what I mean? And then after this class or after this call, we're going to go swimming. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to go to the mall. We're going to go to the movies, right? So it's time. The fact that I always get enough sleep, I wouldn't trade that for shit. I don't care how much you fucking pay me. And they even say that. There's a study. I don't know. It's they. There's a study that says that um, your level of happiness um, would go up more if you just got a couple more hours of sleep versus if you got more money. It's not money. We always think money. We're obsessed with money. It is freedom. It is time. It is all of those things. Um, I, I couldn't be healthy working somebody else's job, right? So if I had to get up every day at six and be at your job from eight to four or whatever, and then deal with commuter traffic and come home and make dinner and be fucking bitchy and crabby and be, be you know, at the store at the same time everybody else at the store, on the freeway at the same time everybody else on the freeway. I'd be, I, I would not be a pleasant person. <laughs> I, would, I would not be a pleasant person under those circumstances. You know, my attitude would be like, screw everybody, right? To hell with all of you because I'm pissed off. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm irritable. I'm hot. I'm mad. I'm underpaid. I'm overworked. So to hell with everyone. So it's a risk. Yes, it's scary. It's scary to, to become an entrepreneur. It's a scary to start your own business. It's scary to invest in yourself. I'm not going to front like that's not true. But for me, staying where I was, was, was scarier. Staying where I was was scarier. And, and it took me a while. It took me a while. It was a transition, right? I, I had these jobs that wanted me to compromise my integrity, you know, for me to stay on these jobs. And I was just like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. Right. So jobs don't really like that. So yeah, I got fired. Either I got fired or I quit. I was like, you know, I'm not doing this shit. And so then I, I, I worked for myself. I hustled for myself. I wanted to see, can I do this? Can I work for myself? 
Do I need somebody sweating me? Or can I regulate myself, work on my own terms, make my own money? Just wanted to test that. So I did that for two years where I took contract work and I Uber drove and I, I, I made it work for myself, right? So that allowed me to prove to me what I was capable of. And then from there, as I was, you know, doing those contract jobs and the side hustles and all of that, I was, I was getting business coaching. I was looking at what does it take to start a business? I was putting those things in place, getting the momentum in place. Um, and then I got scared. And I went back to teaching. I went back to teaching, got myself another teaching job that didn't serve me. Um, And I had to deal with more bullshit, essentially, right? I had to go back to that job. I had to see, like, it was a pretty pretty crummy job. I mean, I was commuting 20 hours just to get there every week. Um, The building was was gross. Uh, The the, the, um, leadership sucked. Like it was a really crummy position, but it's exactly what I needed for me to be like to hell with this, right? Like I could do better on my own rather than trying to make it work with this, this situation that's not working. Let's just try to do it on my own. So that decision saved my life. I know that I would not still be here if I had not decided to invest in myself and start my own business and live on my own terms. And the thing is, I can't really, I can't reiterate this enough is that when you have time to rest and to be, to play and to enjoy yourself and, and, and realign with the abundance and the goodness of the world, like from that place, you can create whatever the fuck you want. Like you can create whatever you want like legit i'm not no bs you can create whatever you want from that place the problem is most black women never get to that place you never get to the place where you're actually rested you never get to the place where you're actually playing you're actually enjoying your life you never get to that place where you can really create from nothing most black women are trying to create from their trauma Meaning that you had some traumatic ass experience at your crummy ass job or all your jobs or your schools or whatever. You had all these crummy experiences where they're hating on you as a black woman. And from your pain, you're trying to create something new. I want out of this pain. And you're not really even focused on what you want. All you're focusing on is what you want to get out of. I want to leave this. I want to get away from this. You can't create from that. You have to create from a place of infinite possibility. And that happens after you rest you lick your wounds, you do some healing, some crying. And then after you do some healing, crying, resting, recovering, then play, play, because play sparks creativity. Play reminds you of infinite possibility. Play reminds you that all things are possible. (sighs) So all that to say is that, look, Queens, I'm here for you. What happens when you work with me is we start with your confidence and your worthiness because the average black woman has been beat down by the system, has been beat down by the patriarch, has been beat down by white supremacy. And so she doesn't believe me when I say, Queen, $10,000 a month online or as an online entrepreneur, that is still fucking doable. Like it's so, that's like the, that's like the basic. Most entrepreneurs are stuck at that level. They don't know how to get past 10,000, but 10,000 is like the basis. That's like the bottom. Like that's not hard to do. It really, really isn't. Okay. But when I say that to black women, because they've only been paid 
maybe $6,000 a month or, you know, $5,000 a month or whatever it is, $8,000 a month, they don't believe that that's possible. And that five, six, eight thousand a month that they made, they had to work a gazillion hours to get that money, right? What is that? Like that's over 160 hours a month that they had to do that. So when I say, oh, you can make that money 20 hours a week, that's not believable. That's not real. No, that ain't true, Charlotte, right? Like we all know that black women have to slave and you never get paid anything. So that's why we start with confidence and worthiness because the average black woman doesn't have any because that's the nature of white supremacy. They want to make sure that all the white men, right? The mediocre white men feel so confident, feel so good about themselves. But the, the, the exceptional black women who are the most educated demographic in the fucking country feel like shit about themselves. And that's because you've been part of the system. So that's the first thing we work on is your worthiness and your confidence. Then I realign you with your black girl magic, your melanated magic, because the magic is real. The power of melanin is real. The power of our yoni is real. Our uteruses connects us from the spirit world to this world. You can utilize that power to manifest your dreams. I can show you how. And then from there, we work on your online coaching or consulting business so that you can live a life like this. So that if you have some type of mental health condition, you can totally commit to your self-care and your wellness. And that can be your priority rather than slaving for somebody who is just going to drive you to more mental health issues. So... I invite you to do a lot of things. I invite you to join, um, to follow me on uh, Eventbrite, where I have a, a, series, a bunch of free classes for you. My class this Thursday is my most popular class, which is self-love for badass black women. But I have a lot of classes. I also invite you to schedule a call. So if you are feeling in your soul, if what I'm saying to you is resonating and you feel like it is your time, if, if you are just feeling that impulse that you need to get with me, follow it. Okay. Follow that impulse. Schedule a call. Quit playing with your time. You don't know how much time you have left. So let's, let's not play with it. And even if you don't end up working with me, you will leave with a ton of inspiration, motivation, possibilities. Your mindset will shift because we spent time together on, on the call. Um, you can also join my Facebook group, Divine Black Business Goddess. So that was where you can find information on self-love, um, black girl magic, business, all, all those things. And I also have a free, it's not free. I have a, um, an online subscription service. It's called um, Path to Peaceful Profits. It's a mighty network. You can get seven days free access um, in my private community where I have so many resources, y'all. And I do free trainings um, in there as well. The free training I did a couple weeks ago was multiple ways to make $10,000 a month online. See, there you go. Um, that training was fire. I already have a client who closed a $13,000 client based off of that training. So you can also check that out. Um, hopefully I'll send a link to that, but you can look me at path to peaceful, peaceful profits, mighty network. You can join free for seven days. And then after seven days, I will direct message you and see if you're interested in subscribing for, um, $97 a month. Okay, so you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on YouTube, Charlotte Stevens and the Ancestors. Um, and I will talk to you soon. And in the meantime, just prioritize you. There is nothing I love more than seeing a black woman unapologetically choose herself. And I choose to believe that the ancestors love that too. This is Charlotte Stevens and the Ancestors, the world's greatest personal growth accelerator for badass black women who want to goddess up. Peace, y'all.